Blog Talk Radio. Reconnect My Heart will discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prater. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, or if you just want to listen to the show, feel free to call us at 516-453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. <clears throat> or you can listen online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash reconnect my heart. Or you can go to our chat room, which is available right now on our website, where you can send your prayer requests or your comments or your questions. I would like to say a huge hello, hello to my church family. True Believers, Tabernacle Church, where our senior pastor, Pastor Otis Logan. If you're ever in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, feel free to come and worship with us. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 
75216. Once again, I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in. And thank you, thank you, thank you for your continued prayers and support. Okay. I want to go straight on to the program. Do you have any questions about death or grief? Well, on today's show, we have a very special guest, Brother Landolph Washington from True Believers Tabernacle Church. He will be here to answer your question pertaining to death or grief from spiritual. Also, he's going to give us words of comfort in our time of sorrow and much more in the episode called Straight Talk About Death. So without further notice to do, we want to give our very own Brother Landolph Washington a round of applause being here on, with us from today. How you doing today, sir? I'm just great, and thanks for asking, and how are you today? I'm doing great, doing great, doing great. Um, what I want to do, I want us to go ahead and get on to the um, the topic about grief and death. And, you know, we've been talking about this for especially a number of months, but it seemed like as of late, it seemed like within the past few weeks, it seemed like that's the topic that seemed like everybody want to talk about, want to know more about it, but they don't know where to go to get the information. So I thank you for you available, your availability to be here and just to inform us about grief or about death. Well, thank you. I am blessed and happy and feel privileged to be with your audience uh, tonight, uh, Brother June, and uh, indeed, uh, this is a subject that in the church sometimes we don't want to talk about. Uh, I often say that we have to understand that death is much part of life as living, so it's a subject that we need to understand. We should not fear it, though sometimes we do fear it, and grief is a process where Loved ones are really, really uh, are torn apart. Their hearts are ripped apart. Uh, there's a hole, a vacuum in their heart, and they wonder how do they move forward in life. And so and there are times that even in death, people really don't understand uh, death. Uh, first, just let me give you a quick definition of death. The word death is, means no more bent than just separated. And many times we die in a sense that every day we leave our homes, we separate from our friends and loved ones. So that's a kind of death. But that's a death that we seem to uh, can accept, even though we don't understand that that is death. Now, when mm-hmm. death happens with the loss of a parent or a spouse or a child or a close friend, uh, it's no more than they have just separated from us. The relationship has been uh, severed. Uh, when we say that a, a person is dying, we simply means that they are separating from us. So I think that when we understand what the word death, dying, and dead simply means, it just simply talk about being separated. And sometimes we often look at that as being a permanent state, especially when we go to the service and we see the body there. And for some of us, it seems as though 
that's and uh, so that it is not the end for us that are believers, okay. And even mm-hmm. for those that are not saved, it's not the end for them either, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And for believers, it's the beginning of life for us, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So, well, let me ask you this. Let's say, for instance, someone that we know may be sick, mm-hmm. and we've been praying for. God to heal them. Mm-hmm. And instead of them, if you want to say, getting better, they end up dying. Uh, mm-hmm. Can you explain that? Did, did God heal them or did, did God not listen to our prayers because they died? Okay, good question. And that's a question you get a lot. Okay. God did hear their prayers. God did answer their prayers. God did uh, restore their loved ones. God did deliver their loved ones. It was just not the way they wanted to. Because as believers, uh, when we separate due because of an illness or serious injury and uh, we separate, God is always there. He will deliver them, and he does deliver them. It's just not the way that we want it. So, yet God heard their prayer. He did heal them, okay? He didn't heal the physical body, but whatever it was that needed to be healed for us, the spiritual man has been healed and has been delivered. Hmm. Okay. So what what is the definition of healing? Okay. A lot of times we speak in healing when loved ones are sick. So we're simply just asking for the recovery of the physical body, okay? Whereas mm-hmm. a lot of times we look in Scripture, Jesus asks, will thou be made whole? So he's speaking more than just the physical part of the person. He's talking about the spiritual, the emotional, uh, the psychological. So the whole totality of man is what Jesus is concerned about. So Jesus always asks, will thou be made whole? And a lot of times we just ask for the healing of the physical body or if someone is having some emotional issue, we only ask for the healing of the emotional issues, okay? So we're mm-hmm. just asking for that part to be restored and not any part, other part of the, 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 the totality of man. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So my question is, let's say if someone that we've been praying for and they didn't get better, but they passed away. Uh, what do you tell, and this is even uh, linked to grief, um, what do you tell someone when they didn't get better, but they end up passing away? Okay. A lot of times I have often found that the best thing at that time, because there is the emotional state that comes in. And basically, you may be saying words, they just hear words, and they are not comprehending those words. Sometimes people will mentally agree with you, but in their heart they are not agreeing with you. So the thing at that time is best is just say a prayer, let them know that you are there, for them as a shoulder to cry on and just to listen whatever they have to say. And mm-hmm. in that point at that moment, you can 
express that you're sorry. And at that particular, those are the best things that you can say. And sometimes that I've learned over the years in dealing with hundreds of families, they are often stated to me is sometimes it's better if the person never said anything at all. As long as they see and know you there, that means way more to them than some of the things to say because we try to say things to make them feel better at that time. And some of the things we say is well-intended and mean, but it's hurtful to the family who has just lost the loved one. So a lot of times it's just best to give them a hug, let them know that you love them, you're there for them, and just show them that you're there to support them in any way that is possible. Hmm. Okay. So let me ask you this. So especially we know as Christians, you know, um, this, this is not our permanent home on earth and we have an eternal home, but as a believer, when we lose a loved one, um, is it wrong for us to grieve or even feel guilty that we're going to miss that loved one, even though they may be saved? Is it wrong for us to feel that way? Oh, no. Uh, God has given us emotions. God has mm-hmm. given us feelings, okay? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, God has given us the ability to have thoughts, okay? Mm-hmm. And so, no, it is not wrong. I always encourage them to grieve whatever way they need to grieve. Uh, if mm-hmm. they feel like they need to scream, I say scream. Mm-hmm. If they want to howl, I said howl. If you want to cry, I say cry. Because this relieves stress. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. they must be grieved. We suggest to all believers, you need to take that time out to grieve. Mm-hmm. So is, is there a certain length of time that we should grieve, or are there different stages of grief? Well, yeah, there are different stages of grief. Now, you also mentioned about guilt. Now, mm-hmm. that is also a one of the stages of grief. Now, mm-hmm. as we often say, nobody goes through all the stages, okay? And uh, mm-hmm. there is no particular order. And that's why I say every individual must be allowed to grieve. Now, for some people, the grieving process does not consist of them crying, okay? And so you can't say to that individual that they are not grieving, okay? Because mm-hmm. what they have done is they are internalizing their grief, okay? And this also could lead to physical issues, okay? And, that, mm-hmm. and when we do that, then what happens is if uh, one part of grief that, that I always look out for that I try to make sure that they don't allow it to happen is depression. Now, mm-hmm. there is some depression, but when it gets so deep or getting deep, there should be someone there that becomes aware of it and try to get them the necessary help they need, whether it's spiritually or psychological, to help them from going there. Because what happens is when that happens, now we're getting out of God's will. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now there's always some, there's also sometimes there may be a feeling of guilt. Maybe I should have got them to the hospital sooner. 
maybe I should have recognized this, okay, or became aware of this, okay? Maybe I shouldn't have never left him at the house, okay? And mm-hmm. the, those are all feelings that the enemy will bring to us, okay? And mm-hmm. this also can lead to depression, okay? So the thing is, is that there, we will some feel a little form of guilt, and then there's other will never ever feel guilt, okay? All right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, is that when you know you have done all that you can and you were aware of, then you have to give the rest to God. I have dealt with people who said that, uh, El Gilbert says that, oh, my loved one died alone. I should have been there. Oh, I wish somebody had been there. No, they weren't alone. The Lord was with them if they were saved. They were never alone. And so this is one thing that after a period of time, because usually I don't uh, make contact with the family or go in with them until after two weeks. And the reason why I do that because after two weeks, the phone calls are going to start ceasing. The visitation is going to start ceasing. And so now they're going to have more time where they are alone and they are able to start thinking. The realization is going to really start in. And so it's that time that when they are open and receptive to hearing what is being said. Hmm. Okay. So you mentioned uh, about depression earlier. Mm-hmm. As a Christian, if we seek out professional help, does that mean that we lack in faith because we seek professional help? No, because it's professional health can be a a a a a say a, a psychologist or psychiatrist mm-hmm. who would also deal with you with the word of God. Okay. Mm-hmm. So no, no, because we all are vulnerable in some kind of way. Okay, mm-hmm. and so therefore the Bible has given us how to deal with different things as we go through. And how to mm-hmm. seek the Lord for those particular things. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. it's not wrong because you have to understand. The Lord has given us all kinds of gifts. Okay? Mm-hmm. And psychology and psychiatrists can also be a gift of a same individual that they make a living with, but God also expects you whatever gift he's given you make a living is to use it back in the church. And that's where we mm-hmm. realize that a lot of us have gifts that we're making money on, and the church needs that gift, and they don't use that gift in the church. Right, 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 right. And, so and that's the so ministry, too. Lacking. That's yeah. right. It goes lacking yeah. of that ministry, that gift. See? Mm-hmm. And so, no, we should never judge anyone who needs that kind of help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think that we don't emphasize that Enough, especially being honest, which even within our black churches, a lot of time, you know, we tell people if you do seek, quote unquote, professional help or uh, licensed help, then you're lacking faith. But like Mm -hmm. you said, that is a form of ministry. And even if you look in the the, the book of Luke, Acts, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Luke was a physician (laughs) and, and. God has physicians in place for us mm-hmm. to be able to really 
even get help or be reached out or reach out to those mm-hmm. who may be able to help us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the Apostle Paul suffered a little depression when he mm-hmm. thinks about, he mm-hmm. thinks they were pushed to the point of death. When Paul was at, Paul had fell into a state, it mm-hmm. was maybe a life state of depression, but he got depressed. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is what we have to understand, as I stated today. Here's what we got to understand as mature believers. And I really want all our mature believers to hear this. Mm-hmm. And this is something God gave me uh, uh, last week. He said, being a mature believer is not flawless. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say that again. Allow the world. Mature, maturity is not flawlessness. Mm-hmm. And so we as mature believers have allowed the world and even the weak ones in the body of Christ pressure on us thinking that we've got to be the perfect beings, never make a mistake, because whenever we make a mistake, it says, see that day you go. See, they try to be perfect. Uh, 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 uh. And so, therefore, look at them. If they were so mature and so perfect, why did that? We are still flawless. We have flaws. We're not flawless at all. No. So do not allow that to be placed on you, okay? You have your issues. You have your shortcomings just like everybody else. Don't try to be perfect. Just stay mature realizing that you have some flaws also. Hmm. Amen. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. I think a lot, especially, um, we need to hear that more. And I think a lot of times we allow the influence of others to even to dictate our identity in Christ yeah. or even our walk with God. You know, so yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. Now, yeah, I have a question now. Believers. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, mature believers also suffer death in their family. And with hmm. friends, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're going to tell me that something is wrong with me because I cry? Because I'm hurt? Mm-hmm. No. We should never allow that. Right. Hmm. Now, I have a question. <clears throat> now, these are some mm-hmm. of the questions that, that came to me, and I wanted to make sure that uh, I said that I was going to share this online so that way there may be others that may have the same question or just never thought about it. But these are some of the questions. Mm-hmm. And if you have some, also you're welcome to share it also. But there's a big debate between when you lose someone, between burying them and cremating them. Mm-hmm. Can you can you bring up that? <laughs> we want to talk about that for a moment. Okay. <laughs> Yes, that is a big issue. It is an issue that is dividing families, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we want to make sure as believers in Christ, we are following God's word. We seek God for the answer in dealing with this particular topic that is really, really hurting families. Now, Job 34 and 14 and verse 15 tells us, dust to dust, ashes to ashes, 
How many times have we heard that when we go to burials? Several, several times. Okay. So we seem to be have missed something. Now, Joe had reintegrated that the final uh, disposition of the body in Joe 34, 14 says, if it were his intention and he withdrew his spirit and breath, all mankind would perish together and man would return to the dust. Mm-hmm. Now, Psalms uh, 103 and verse 15 through 17 also gives us a little insight on this, okay? And uh, mm-hmm. it tells us that uh, perspective on cremation or any other burial practice. Now, first of all, let's see if there are any other instances in the Bible that will speak of cremation, okay? Now, we find that in the Old Testament, Second Samuel chapter 2, verse 4 through 6, now King Saul and his three sons, including uh, Jonathan, or some said Joe Nathan, whatever you want to uh, pronounce it, it said they were killed in battle, and their bodies were left out there on the battlefield for some time. And so when the army of Israel went to recover them, because the enemy was allowing them to lay out there, and this was dishonoring their bodies. And mm-hmm. so they go, they find them, and they burn them, okay? Mm-hmm. They cremated them, and then they buried their remains, according to First Samuel chapter 31, verse 8 through 13, okay? And mm-hmm. the Bible itself indicates that. This was an acceptable way to treat the remains of those men, according to Second Samuel chapter two, verse four through six. Okay, now, mm-hmm. as I had stated earlier in Psalms uh, one hundred three, verse fifteen, seventeen, it says, "As for man, his days are like grass; he flourishes like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, and it is gone, and its places remembered is no more." But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord love is with those who fear him and the righteous with their children's children. Okay? Now, cremation is no more than accelerate the process, turning the remains to dust. It just speeds up the process. Because when the body goes into the ground, eventually it returns back to dust. Now, here's what the problem comes in with this. It's the misconception of cremation. Let me just give you some of the misconceptions. Mm-hmm. First misconception, cremation dishonored the body. The fact is the Bible says that those who die return to the dust, which is what naturally happens to a corpse when it's Decompose Genesis 3 and 9. Cremation speeds up the process, as I said, by reducing the body to ashes or dust. Now, another misconception is in the Bible times, only people in God's disfavor was burnt after death. Here's the fact. The dead bodies of some unfaithful people, such as Achan, 
and his family were burnt, Joshua 7, 25. However, this was an exception rather than a rule according to Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22 and 23. As noted earlier, the bodies of even some faithful people, such as King Saul's son, Jonathan, was burnt after death. Here's another misconception. Cremation prevent God from resurrecting a person. Hmm. Regardless of the resurrection of the dead, it is no, it does not matter to God whether a person's body was burned, cremated, lost at sea, or eaten by a wild animal. Revelation twenty thirteen. The Almighty can easily recreate a new body for the person thirty five and thirty eight. If the problem there with that last one is people are concerned and has the misconception that if the individual is cremated, God has no body to resurrect. Let me say to those who have been told or believe this, and this is not a judgment. This is something to help you to open your eyes. Mm -hmm. If you have been told this, and if you believe this, you have failed to realize you have made your God small. Now, let me explain that to you. If God could step out into nothing and say, let there be and created matter, protons, neutrons, the galaxies, and all of that, if God can say, let there be light and bring that into existence, if God could create the materials of the world, material matters, and all those things, do you not think that God is powerful enough was a person's body exploded in an airplane and they could not find any of their body parts, a person eaten by an alligator, a lion, crocodile, a mountain lion, a cougar, a puma, whatever name you want to give it, those that have been blown up in wars uh, on the battlefields where they don't find the body, the body parts are so shredded and gone and they have no way to do you not think that in the resurrection, God cannot pull them back? Also, as we go to burial, he said, and the sea shall give up its dead. Mm-hmm. See, a lot of times we hear, we hear, but we don't understand what is being said to us. So don't worry about them not having a body. God will give them a body. Okay, mm-hmm. so yeah, that's that's a total misconception. God is more than able and powerful enough to um, give them a body, a new body, so they won't be without a body. Good, good. <clears throat> now, now I want to bring this up because this is even someone passed away and they're buried. Mm-hmm. This comes into another question that was asked. Mm-hmm. Can we honor them by, even if it's a small child, by putting our loved one name or having a tattoo with their face or something like that on us? Or wouldn't tattoos be honoring them, especially even if they were saved? Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. In the book of Leviticus, it tells us that we're not to mark our bodies. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that and today means tattooing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way to honor our loved one is to 
honor their memories by doing something in their name, doing some kingdom work uh, that other people may see. Uh, matter of fact, on the television, I saw uh, one day last week where this couple, their young child had died. And so what they did to honor their child, they started a foundation uh, dealing with that particular cancer, raising money to do research and uh, come up with uh, uh, medication and stuff like that to help uh, other children and parents who may be going through the same thing. So, no, that is not the way to do it. Uh, that mm-hmm. is against God's will, okay? And if yeah. someone, let me say this, to those mm-hmm. who have done this, uh, uh, I know those things are kind of hard to get off of them. All you have to do right now is just repent to God because uh, you act out of lack of knowledge and not knowing. Okay, so uh, don't beat yourself up. Uh, uh, don't be hard on yourself because there are things that all of us are lacking in knowledge of. And uh, uh, if uh, you will learn to uh, ask God forgiveness, God will forgive you, and he also just forgive yourself. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. This is another question. When our loved one dies, do they automatically become our guardian angel? And then also the other question, I want to bring it in also that way in case you want to tie it in. Is it okay for us to reach out to our loved ones even even them being saved, is it okay for us to reach out to them after they have passed away? Okay. Another big question that we are constantly dealing with, okay, that, that is mm-hmm. coming up that we, we have to deal with. Okay. Let's take uh, the first one. Uh, our loved ones do not become our guardian angels. I hear that so much, and it really a ton. That's another part of trying to make somebody who has lost a loved one feel better. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel better. I want to know the truth. No, there's nowhere in the Bible you're going to find that same individual becomes angels. No. So that is a myth. It is not true. Uh, The second one is, even though our loved ones may be dead, is it okay to pray to them, uh, to talk with them? Uh, No, we should not do that. The Bible is specific on that. In Deuteronomy chapter 18 and 11, it is forbidden. And anyone, this is what he says, anyone who consults the dead is detestable to the Lord. Now, why is that so? Because it can be something very dangerous, okay? Uh, A lot of times what happens is we can cause familiar spirits, demonic spirits, to come up. You can pull them out of there, out of the underworld, and fool us as though this is our loved ones. 
and open our homes and open ourselves up to all kinds and sorts of demons. And so this should never, ever be done. I know some believers have done it because of lack of knowledge, okay, and stuff. Mm -hmm. And like I said, if you've done this, just ask God for forgiveness. He will forgive you and forgive yourself, okay? Mm -hmm. And so that's what you should do. Because watch this here. Uh, In Isaiah 8 and 19, it tells us that, and when they say to you, inquire of the medium and the necromancer who church and murders, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? Now, here's what it's saying. The word church there means, as you will find in Ecclesiastes of the dove, it's called a cooing. It is the sound that a dove makes. It's, it is low. It's soft. And so these familiar spirits can take on forms of your loved ones or the voice of your loved ones and say things to you. That can't be true, okay? Mm-hmm. We see a lot mm-hmm. of people consult these mediums and stuff like that, you know, and uh, and we see these on these television shows. I can't think of the lady that does and the man they're supposed to be famous and stuff like that. Yes, these evil spirits can speak and tell you things, that be true. Because we see an example that in the 16th chapter of Acts, I think, with Paul, with a young lady that was a slave to a master, and she was going around saying things that was true about uh, Paul and them, that uh, they were the servants of the Most High God who was proclaiming salvation. Okay, That was true. Paul got to the point he got annoyed with her, and he commanded those demon spirits to come out of her. Okay? So they can speak true. So it is best that we, we don't do those things. Okay? Uh, if we are saved, we know our loved ones are saved, we need to look at what the Scripture says about them and where they are and what is going on with them and accept that. I know Mm -hmm. that hearts are broken. I know they are trying to figure out and wonder how they go on with life, how they move on with the next chapter of their life without their loved ones. So, these are people who are really, really in deep pain and deep sorrow, okay? And these, mm-hmm. and they are, they are trying to find answers, especially for loved one uh, was uh, 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 killed uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some kind of way. And they want to know if they are all right. Well, all I have to do is look at the Scripture, look at God's Word, and I know they are all right. How do I know they are all right? Well, let's look at the 16th chapter of Luke. Uh, when... The rich man saw Lazarus, where was he? He was in paradise, uh, mm-hmm. bosom of Abraham, okay? And uh, his life was just glorious. It was great. So this is what we have to understand with our loved ones that are saved. Oh, they, are, they had just begun to live, okay? That's what mm-hmm. we have to say. The day that they departed from their body, they just begun to live. Hmm. Hmm. I just have a question just came up. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. It asks, it asks, when we die, are we sleep or are we really dead? I believe that this is asking as a believer. When mm-hmm. we die, are we sleep or are we really dead? 
Okay. Now, let's go back to rated, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, I always believe in keeping words in context. Mm-hmm. And when we say dead, we're just simply <clears throat> separated. Now, the Bible mm-hmm. specifically tells us as believers, it is the body that is asleep. Mm-hmm. But the soul and spirit of all people, whether they saved or unsaved, they still are conscious. Mm-hmm. They are alive. Either you are enjoying life in paradise or you are suffering in torment if you are unsaved. So the only thing sleep is the body. God is the God of the living and not God of the dead, according to Scripture. And so once again, we see the example of Lazarus. Watch what the Bible says. It says, Lazarus died, and he was in the bosom of Abraham. It says, the rich man died and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Mm -hmm. So we never, ever lose consciousness when we separate from our bodies. We are fully Mm -hmm. aware of what's going on with us. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. That that, that leads to a question that was asked me a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I attended attended a uh, memorial, and the person was Mm -hmm. cremated. Mm -hmm. Their remains were not physically there. Mm-hmm. And so the question they asked was, can that person still know what was going on or the memorial? Would they be able to know what was going on even though their remains were not present there? Okay, good question. Another question about that that uh, is often asked uh, among families and people, and they want to know this answer. Watch this one. The Bible position tells us that uh, they are not aware of what is going on. But now remember, they are now in paradise, our loved one. Okay? Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, uh, no, they are not aware. Even when we're having a uh, uh, service for those that we are burying, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. That body is there. But notice that body. It's asleep. It's lifeless. It has no feelings. It has no thoughts. It has no memories. Okay? And so, mm-hmm. therefore, the, we are told and we understand that uh no, they are not aware of what's going on. So, yeah, that's that's something that we have to understand. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's in uh, I think it's in Ecclesiastic uh, chapter nine, verse five and six. It says that uh, the living knows that they are going to die, but it says that the dead has no knowledge. Mm. And the thing is, it has to be taken under context. And that means under the sun, because that's the context of all Ecclesiastes is what happens under the sun. And so under the sun, they have no knowledge of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. 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 Got, got another question right here. It asks, mm-hmm. when we die, 
will we still know the people that we knew here on earth? Okay. Once again, let's go to Luke chapter 16. Mm -hmm. The rich man was able to see Lazarus in paradise, which, in other words, he was said in the bosom of Abraham, one translation of the Bible said he was beside a. He was able to. Notice it. He was able to see it because why? He he asked specifically what? For Lazarus, right? Mm-hmm. He should go mm-hmm. and just dip his fingers in some water and come down there and cool his tongue. Mm-hmm. We will be able to recognize them. Yes, we mm-hmm. will. Yes. Hmm. Good question. Good question. Now, there's another question that uh they hit me that now, I used oh, to let hear. Me say also, let me say this also for you. Ask that question. Let me give you another reference in the Bible. Uh, mm-hmm. Then Matthew, I think. Remember that when uh, Jesus took three of the disciples on the Mount Transfiguration, they mm-hmm. saw Moses, right? Right. And they were identified that Moses was the lawgiver. Now, watch this here. Moses was able to talk. Moses had clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, he had clothes on. Okay, and they were able to recognize him. Yes, we will recognize. I love going to conference. Yes, yes, good, good, good question there. Now, is donation organ donation mm-hmm. is organ donation wrong? No, because we are given life. Okay, we're given life. Mm-hmm. Now, if your organs now, where to me that it, it is wrong is if you know your organs or something like that is defective, don't put yourself up as an organ donor. Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but as long as you're able to help somebody and give life and help extend their life, no. Hmm. Now, it's not for everybody who wants to do it. Okay, not everybody right. wants to be an organ donor. Okay. <clears throat> Right, and and right. that's okay too. Okay, that's okay too. But those who do and want it, because we look around, we see so many lives that are saved because of someone receives the organ of someone else who is uh, has uh, deceased. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So they get a new mm-hmm. leash on life. Now watch the game. Mm-hmm. Let me take you back to something else. You have praise. Ask God to help your loved one or heal a loved one or get an organ, okay, for them to live. Now, watch this. God now has healed them because why? An organ was provided for them, right? But right. Yet still somebody else, you know, didn't live, and therefore God still, as I said, healed them, okay? Right, right. Okay. This they, they kind of bring us into another question. Uh, this was something uh, some years ago. It's, I, I think it was bigger, maybe about ten years ago, and it ends up about stem cells. Stem mm-hmm. cells. That, that was that was a big debate, and people were trying to say that that was against our faith pertaining to stem cell research and and all that. Can you please uh, expound upon that? Okay. Now, there are some things that we deal with today 
The Bible seems to be silent on those things. Now, mm-hmm. we can get scriptures to do pro and cons, and yet still that does not help because some is going to believe the scriptures that some has pro, some going to believe scriptures that has cons, okay? Right. right. Uh, I have always looked at that as uh, when the Bible is not specific on something or it may be silent on something, is I just say to each individual, consult God in prayer. Mm-hmm. And make yourself available to get quiet so God can speak to you. And then you do what is what God has consulted or told you to do. And then that way that alleviates uh, that concern with you, okay? And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that has also been a great debate. Now, stem cells help save people, yes, help yes, cure people, yes. and things yes. like that. And so... Uh, I, I look at it that if it can help save a life, extend a life, then I mm-hmm. can't see God being <clears throat> against that. Okay. Right. All right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And and I think a lot of times people make those. <clears throat> uh, excuse me. They make those. I guess if you want to say judgments about it, but they don't do their homework and doing the research That's about correct. you know the benefits of. Mm-hmm. Um, Stem cells and you know just the medical benefits of it, you know, and um, I mm-hmm. think, like I said, a lot of times they speak unknowingly or out of ignorance. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and, and that's true because uh, let's look at it. Let's look at this. This thought just came to me. What good is it that you have healthy organs go to the grave and you could have saved lives? Right, right. You know, it's just a thought. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, okay. It's a good one. It's a good one. Yeah. Now, what I'm I got one more question, and then I'm going to turn it to the audience. Mm-hmm. This was another question that was asked. What do you say to someone when you're unsure that their loved one was saved? This is pertaining to uh, grief. Uh, pertaining okay. to uh, grief. Um, if you're unsure if they love, if their loved ones was, if they were not saved, if you're unsure if mm-hmm. they were saved, if you're not, if they were saved or not saved, um, what do you tell that person? You know, how you, how do you comfort them in their grief, but they were unsure that their loved ones was was not saved? Okay. As I also I stated earlier, at the very moment of these things that happens, the best thing you do is give them a shoulder to cry on. Don't you cry on their shoulder. If you feel that you're going to cry with them, I often suggest that you remove yourself because mm-hmm. they need somebody's shoulders not to cry on. They don't need you to cry on their shoulders, okay? And that's something that we got to learn, okay? Uh as I said, during that particular time, the thing is just to let the person know that you're there, you love them, and you're there to give them support. Because sometimes the less said, the better off, because some of the things you may say, watch this here. If you knew the loved ones were saved, you say they're in a better place. I have asked after I have worked with hundreds of families and people, and I asked these same questions over and over. And I asked them, I said, 
When somebody told you that your loved one was in a better place, I said, did that comfort you or did that upset you? And every time the answer is, it upset me because the better place for them, for their loved one, is be where they can touch them, they can smell, smell them, they can hug them, they can kiss them, they can hold their hands. That's mm-hmm. how they really feel. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, as I said, if you don't know what to say, the best thing is not to say anything at all. Watch this here. With all these families, I've asked the same question again. This is one of the questions I asked them. Which was better? If they never said nothing and you saw them or they said things that they thought that you wanted to hear that upset you. And every time I get the same answer, I wish they had never said anything. Yeah. <laughs> they see you. They see you. That's what they, their focus goes to. Not in what you're saying because a lot of things you say, it's the same thing. I ask them how much do they remember that person. And they say, basically, I tell you the truth. I don't remember nothing nobody ever said except for those that told them that your loved one's in a better place or you shouldn't cry or you shouldn't get over mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. Those are the wrong things to say. Hmm. Oh, you did your best. Oh, that's where a little guilt comes and says, oh, I could have. I felt that I could have did more. What if I right, have right, done? Right. No, those right. are not things to say. Even though we think they are, no, they are not. So a lot of times just say, let them know, I love you. You have my condolence. You have my sympathy. Anything that I can do for you, just feel free to just let me know. Even in my time of dealing with these families, they will tell you, I never ever bring those things up to them. And see, a lot of times, uh, and, and all the time about grief is it's not so much you doing the talking. You got to allow them to talk and listen to them and also in the process be praying to God, listen to God to what to say to them. I, I think it's important for us to to remember, especially as ministers, Christians, when people ask us a question, it's okay to admit we don't know. <laughs> don't know the answers. We don't know, you know. That's right. So I think I think sometimes we we, I guess because of ego or whatever, but we try to let people know we know everything, but in fact we yeah. just don't know. That is so true. There are people that I have worked with, and that's why I said it's best to listen and be quiet. And gather information as they talk to you, okay? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and 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 have a tender ear to God. When they get through talking, God will give you what to say to them. For mm-hmm. example, I testified this. Y'all heard me testify this in 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 the service today. And I went back home to Mississippi last week, and uh, I went to see my sister in Christ that I was baptized with. And she had uh, her husband was ushered into the kingdom. Notice what I'm saying. This is, that lets you know he's saved. And these are the mm-hmm. words that I use for those who are saved. And that's what I tell the family. Oh, they were ushered into the kingdom. They had never heard ex- uh, of terms like this. They were ushered into the kingdom. If you ever use those terms to those that are saved, 
you would see, watch the body language. Watch the appearance on the face, okay? And when her husband was ushered into the kingdom, and I've been knowing them for years, we were members of the same church, and this was the love of her life. And she was one who loved the Lord. She took my place uh, teaching the Bible class uh, in my church back at home, home church back at home. And I mean, someone who just really loved God and believed everything that God says. And when her husband was ushered into the kingdom, anger set in. Now, when I went to go see her last Saturday, this was the one-year anniversary of the death of her loved one being ushered into the kingdom, the separation. And now I'm listening again. And here was was the depth of the anger that she and her husband had prayed to God that in her old age, she would not be lonely. And when it happened and I contacted her, she told me, she says, I am angry with God. And me and Jesus got an issue, and we got a (laughs) serious issue. And me and him are not talking to each other. But she said, I am not leaving the church. I will not leave it. It's just me and Jesus, we got issues. And I assured her, and that was okay, because God is concerned about everything about us. He wants to know what makes us angry, what upsets us, what hurts us, what disappoints us. He wants to know all that. And so I said, the Bible tells us, come boldly to the throne of grace. So I said, you told him. And so, and she told me that she had talked to several pastors, and they looked at her, and she said, they were lost for words. She said, she said, I appreciated one pastor because he said, I don't know what to tell you. And then the Lord took me along, and she says, wow, you don't know how much I appreciate that. Now, that began her recovery. Mm-hmm. And so as I was talking to her this past weekend, when she said that that was the, the prayer, and God had already given me last week around 4 o'clock this song to give to several people. And so, but he, he didn't let me give it to her at that point until now I realized why he didn't because he wanted me to have this face-to-face with her. Hmm. And so, make long story short, I played this song, I'm Not Alone. Changing her body language, where she was on the edge of the sofa, she sat back in the middle way. So I said, now I'm going to send it to your phone. I sent it to her phone. She played it again. She moved all the way back now into the corner of the sofa, and you see the body language just totally relaxes. And so God gave me the answer to the give to her as I sent it to her this morning, which is a sermon that you had sent me. That was from 19, uh, from 2010. And in that sermon, as you and I both talked, it went through us. And so I sent that to her. And I sent her and I asked her, said, God wants you to answer this question by him. Who do you love the most, him or your husband? And it's hmm. like, wow. And so God had that 
just this morning gave me something else to give her. He gave me a testimony to give to her, and I sent that testimony to her. And while we was at church, she texted me, and she said, after our talk last week, she said, I got better. I told God to forgive me. And she mm. says, now I'm on the road of recovery. Wow. But you've got you to listen to God. You've got to listen yeah. to them, stay quiet, listen to them, and listen to God. Mm. Another young lady who's a classmate, whose husband left last year. And when she got home, she found him uh, in the chair had died because of a massive heart attack. And her concern was that he had died alone. And so I told her she he was not alone. And she says, he wasn't saying, no, he was not alone. And I gave her some things the Lord told me, and I got a text from her again this morning, and she says, I thank God for you and for friends like you and people like you that God has sent to me. And she says, I'm getting better every day. Hmm. Hmm. She says, I'm on my way back. I said, thank Mm. God. That's that's what church and ministering is all about, you know. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll tell you what, what we're going to do, we're going to go to the line. Okay. Uh, like, we're going to start with someone, like, from the green home, from the green home. Hello, welcome to Rick Now My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. Hello? Hello, Sister Green? Hello? Okay. Okay, we're gonna go we'll go to the next line. Ah, familiar. This is a familiar a familiar number. Hello, welcome mm-hmm. to Rick and My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. How y'all doing today? Hello? Hello, how y'all doing today? We're going to go to the next line. Okay, we'll go to this line. Hello, welcome to Rick Now My Heart. You're on the air. How you doing today? Hello? Okay. Yes, yes, ma'am. How you doing today? Oh, I'm good. I was listening to uh, Brother Landy, and I got such an enlightenment from what he was saying. And uh, I'm going to have to call him and get. I wrote these scriptures down. What he was, um, what he was quoting over the air. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to call him. I missed some of them, so I'm going to call him and uh, get uh, the rest of them from him. But I enjoyed okay. the program. Oh, thank you. I I enjoyed it also. Um. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm here I'm I'm speaking but I'm also listening too. So I may not have written down everything but I will be listening to it again. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. I just want to let you know that I did enjoy it, and uh, I am one of the widows. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, uh, before my husband passed, I told the Lord that I would lose him and let him go. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what I did. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't leave this world until I said that. Mm-hmm. When I when I told him that mm-hmm. honey, I'm not gonna stand in your way. I'm going to lose and let you go. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the minute I said that, everything mm-hmm. he was connected up to shut down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and, right. and 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 me saying this, I haven't looked back mm-hmm. over the past mm-hmm. because uh, I done. Everything that I knew to do for him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was there when he needed me, and I was there mm-hmm. when he didn't need me. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I have no guilt feeling. I'm just, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm like uh, the sister was saying this morning, I'm pushing that car. Yes. I'm pushing. Right. I'm mm-hmm. pushing. Mm-hmm. I know surely I miss him, but I'm not worried mm-hmm. about him. Because, see, I know true. that I got mm-hmm. to live out my own soul salvation. And that is so, so true. therefore, I, I thank you, uh, Brother Landis, for, for the uh, you all that I good. heard. And I'm mm-hmm. going to call you for uh, the scriptures that I missed. I could, I could have write them down that day. Feel free. Nevertheless, yes, I'm going to let somebody, uh-huh. I'm going to let somebody hey. else talk to you. Okay. And brother Jim, and that is that is a true statement because a lot of times our Lord wants to end those traditions we're praying for that God heal them. They want to go, but they won't go because they see how we're reacting to them, and mm-hmm. we have to tell them it's okay to leave. And let me say this real briefly so that uh, we can get some other calls. When my mother was ushered into the kingdom four years ago, that Saturday morning when I woke up knowing that I had to come back to Dallas, I knew that was going to be the last time. I saw my mother on this side. And I asked God, I said, God, this is not what you promised her. So I'm asking you, by the time this time next Saturday, I'm going to ask you to urge her into the kingdom. And I didn't want her to be like that. And I didn't have no prayers for God to uh, make her better here physically. No, I wanted her to get what God had promised her. And so I, I prayed that prayer by her bed. I left. And that next Saturday at 10 minutes to 11, uh, I was on the phone with one of her sisters, and the other sister called and said she was gone. She was ushered into the king. I said, praise you, Lord. That was it. And we have to understand that when our loved ones leave us, the thing that helps us over the grief, we have to, like I said, do we love God or do we love them more? And we have to look at once they leave, that is our task. We must go on and live our life. Not saying that the person is going to go away. No. Sin is this. We have to fulfill the purpose God has placed us here. And so we have to move on. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Sister Thank Grace. you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay, we got one more person. Mm-hmm. Hello, welcome to Reagan at My Heart Podcast. You're on the air. Hi. Hi, how you doing today? I'm doing good. I wish I had done. It was very informative. Good, good, good. Okay, thank you. Oh, thank you. 
I tell you what, um, before we get ready to go into prayer, uh, can you give us some words or some scriptures for those who may be grieving at this time, those who may be um, – this is not just those who may be grieving, like, within the past few days, a week, but, you know, from my understanding, grief is something that you never get over. You just learn to cope mm-hmm. or deal with mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. just taking it one day at a time. So, uh, can you give us um, give us something that uh, may be able to kind of help us during this time? Yeah, uh, no, it never goes away. But the Lord gives us the ability and the strength to learn to live with it. There are times like when my mother was ushered into the kingdom. I had the responsibility of doing her eulogy. I did not know until New Year's Day she was ushered into the kingdom on the second day of August. thought I had everything that I, I needed. I thought I had everything completely down, being in this ministry and stuff. And it was on New Year's Day. She left us in August and New Year's Day of that following year. It hit me in a way that had never hit me. And I came to find out that I was in shock during that time. And so God had to speak to me twice and let me know that she was no longer with us, okay? And so uh, there are things that, some, let me give you some scripture, and it probably won't be some of the ones that you are familiar with. But I, uh, these are ones that I, I found that I look at. Uh, in First Samuel 30 and 4, it says, David and his men wept aloud, but they had no strength left to weep. That's some serious grieving. And to make matters worse, people even talked about stoning David then. But the Bible tells us that David found his strength in the Lord and in his God in First Samuel 30 and verse 6b. So I'm encouraging each and every one of you who may be going through at this time, find your strength in the Lord. Don't try to do this on your own. You can't do this. You're not capable or able. So I ask you to find your strength in the Lord. And in Psalms 27, the one tells us is that the Lord is the stronghold of our life. And then in Psalm 30 and 5, it says, Weeping may remain, remain for a night, but rejoicing definitely will come in the morning. Yeah, you may be weeping today, but I promise you, with God's help tomorrow, you'll find rejoicing, and you will sing the victory belongs to Jesus. Okay? And let yes. me just say this one thing, too. On those days when it comes back to you, I don't care if it's been a year, two years, or four years, or 15 years, and it comes back to you and hits you like a ton of bricks, just understand and realize this. You get a chance to experience God's love all over again. On that, do you mind mm-hmm. ushering us into prayer? And also, even for those who may be listening, who may not be saved, <clears throat> Mm-hmm. Romans 10 and 9 tell us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus mm-hmm. Christ and our Savior and believe in their heart that mm-hmm. God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt mm-hmm. be saved. 
And, you know, even in the midst of your hurt, in the midst of your grief, just know God is still there. He never left you. He never abandoned you. And this is a great opportunity, even in the midst of your hurt, this is a great opportunity for you to know God for yourself and know what he can do for you specifically, even in the midst of the sorrow that you're in. Mm-hmm. Yes, good morning, glad to you. Father, in the name of your son, Jesus, as we come this hour, we thank you, God, for your love and for your compassion for your children and for all mankind. And, Lord, we know it's not your will that any man should perish, but yet some men will perish because they have made that decision. And for those who have been listening to our voice who are not saved or may hear this through some other way, through some friend to play this back for them, Lord, we pray that even those that are seekers, that something will say it tonight, Father, that through your word, Father, that they have found comfort and peace and find that they are in need of a Savior. And so, Lord, I pray that they not reject the word that has gone forward tonight, that may have opened their eyes, but they accept you and their hearts be receptive to you. And now, Lord, we thank you, Father, for this radio ministry. We ask your blessing upon it, and we ask you, Father, to continue to bless it to grow and be an encouragement and enlightenment to all those that listen to it. And for all my brothers and sisters who are out there that are going through at this particular time, Lord, Lord, we know that you see and you hear and you know all things. And we pray that as they come to you, Father, that you give them the assurance and that they have the assurance knowing that you hear their prayers. And so we ask and pray that they cast their fear upon you because you care for them. And whatever it is that they're going through, you will bring it to pass. So we ask you to mend the broken hearts of those that are grieving. We ask you, Father, to fill that void and that heart with your love, with your peace, with your joy, and with your Holy Spirit, empowering them, Father, to take each day one at a time and each step one at a time. And help us, Father, each and every one, get about the business of living and fulfilling the purpose wish that you have placed us here. These and other blessings we ask in your son Jesus' name, and we thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers. Amen. 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 Once again, I, I thank Brother Landolph Washington for coming to the show and really just talking to us and giving us the the 411, the foundation about death and about grief. I thank you greatly. And, and for those who may want more information or want to get in contact with him. Um, like I said earlier, he's a member of my favorite church, True Believers Tapanaka Church. We are at 4204 Cardinal Drive, Dallas, Texas, 75216. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuned in and who supported this program. If you have any questions, if you have any suggestions, even on future topics, Feel free to contact me on Facebook. I'm Brother Prater. You can catch me on Facebook. I have my daily devotions and videos on my page. Or you can subscribe to my YouTube channel under Brother Prater also. Or you can go to my website at www.brotherprater.org. You will see my daily devotions and upcoming events and personal appearances. Or you can go to my store section of my website where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to Godly Fatherhood. 
a few good men was written to inform men the needs and responsibilities toward their families, their children, their spouse, or even their children's mother, to inform women the needs of men and to give single women the qualities of a potential future husband and or father to present or future children. I want to thank each and everyone who are tuning in. Once again, thank God for Brother Landolph Washington coming in to the program and blessing us. And thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart Podcast. God bless you and good night. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.